So let's pick up and hit brand new ground. Uh, do a, just uh, three verses of review. Let's go to 1 Timothy 4.1. And we left off last Sunday talking about spiritual weirdoism among Pentecostals and full gospel people. 1 Timothy 4.1, the Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Many years ago, I think it must have been at least 10 years back, but I said on a Sunday morning that powerful, deceiving spirits had been loosed upon the earth. And these are powerful. These are powerful, deceiving spirits spirits we uh, here's the review first James uh, excuse me James 1 but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass that means mirror for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was or is now, at Faith Christian Center, when we're in James 1, typically we're in verse 22. But be you doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. But the, uh, I think it was two or three Wednesdays back, we were in James 1 in the King James, and I got arrested by verse 24. Verse 23, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. And we see that all around us in various ways. And that's what I'm trying to deal with, the various ways that people forget what manner of man or woman they are in Christ Jesus. So last Wednesday we dealt with this. Where does Pentecostal and full gospel weirdoism come from? Daniel fast, coordinated January fast. I'm not against fasting, but I don't think fasting ought to be coordinated. From 19... From 1970 to 1982, uh, I lived in a denominational full gospel world. This is very much in that, from that world. If we could just get enough people praying, if we could just get enough people fasting, there's no faith in that. Smith Wigglesworth used to say, I can, get, I can get more accomplished believing God in 10 minutes than screaming at him all night. So... I'm not going to get off course. Uh, drinking anointing oil. Look, and I said last Wednesday, if you don't see that one of the prophets do it, or Jesus, or the apostles, then maybe you shouldn't do it. There's nowhere in the Bible any, anybody co coordinated a fast. There's nowhere in the Bible anybody drank anointing oil. Uh, laying hands on everybody, every service. Okay, so... Where does this come from? This comes from people trying to be led by the Spirit of God while not being a doer of the Word of God. And that sentence explains why um, we don't have thousands of more people here. Nobody, look, this is the Bernie Sanders generation. Nobody wants to hear about how they need to do something. The most anybody wants to do is learn how to go online and sign up for more welfare. That's the extent of what they want to do. And so when we say, well, be a doer of the word of God and not a hearer only, you know, automatically the reaction is, well, I don't want to hear that. And so you have these people and they're baptized in the Holy Spirit or they were raised in a Pentecostal environment. Uh, 
and they want to be led by the Spirit, but they don't want to be a doer of the Word of God. For example, in 1 Corinthians 14, it says everything ought to be done decently and in order. And so there are times in services God moves and we're, we're thrilled, you know. I mean, it's great if the Holy Spirit blew through here right now and things began to happen and unusual things, I'd be all for it. But uh, things need to be done decently and in order. We know this from 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And notice the phrase in verse 22 in the King James Version, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves, deceiving your own selves. De say it out loud, deceiving your own selves. Deceiving say it again, deceiving your own selves. Now here's the problem with this. Many years ago, Sue and I were out in Weatherford. I don't even know what we were doing. And why were we there? I don't know. Why did we wander into a dealership? I don't know. But anyway, we saw something and I bought it on a lark. And uh, so we sat in the office and the guy, I said, now, I want the Ford extended warranty. I didn't mean to mention the brand. And, oh, yeah, okay. So, uh, you know, we do the paperwork and all that. Well, I get home and I start looking through stuff and I realize, well, this is not Ford extended warranty. It's, you know, something else. So I'd been deceived. But looking through the paperwork, I figured out I'd been deceived. So it wasn't that hard to take action. <laughs> it, it just took pulling out a little Detroit to, uh, to get that reversed, amen. But the problem is, that's not the same as being self-deceived. You see, if somebody deceives you, you can figure it out. But if you're self-deceived, how do you figure it out? Am I helping anybody? And he says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. I mean, this is no different than getting on the scale in the morning and leaning against the wall. In other words, uh, or, you know, look in the mirror and go, you know, in other words, if you're self-deceived, who can talk to you? Actually, if you're self-deceived, people get upset with you when you try and help them. Because they didn't get deceived by somebody else. They're self-deceived. So when someone is self-deceived, they can't see it. They just can't see it. And listen, I, I mean, I know I look good, but I've been preaching the gospel 49 years, and I have dealt with these people literally, maybe not by the thousands, but I've dealt with these people by the hundreds. And you want to help them. But they can't see it. See, if a person knew they were deceived, they wouldn't be deceived. And you're, you're standing there thinking, don't you see it? No, they don't see it. If they knew they were deceived, they wouldn't be deceived. So I'm not trying to be unkind or critical or judgmental. I'm trying to keep you from living an unproductive and an unfruitful life. That's from 2 Peter chapter 1. But I have to say I'm growing increasingly alarmed at the showmanship and the hucksterism in the body of Christ. 
Now, we sometimes refer to 2 Corinthians 5.10, but we hardly ever refer to 2 Corinthians 5.11. 2 Corinthians 5.10, King James, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body. And yet we've got these heretics out here saying it doesn't matter what you do. That's crazy. Tell your neighbor, that's crazy. I mean, why don't we just call it what it is? That's crazy. It doesn't matter whether you exercise. It doesn't matter whether you regulate what you stuff in your mouth. It doesn't matter whether you're faithful in marriage. It doesn't matter whether you save money. That's crazy. But we, get, we have former Word of Faith people teaching this. Now, why do they do that? <laughs> I can't judge somebody's motives. All I can do is do what Jesus said and inspect the fruit. That everyone may receive things, the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. We persuade men. You have to understand, all of us are the product of what we have listened to. Sitting here tonight, you are the product of what you have chosen to listen to, or maybe when you were a child, what mom or dad took you to listen to. When you're a child, you, it's not a, a matter of your will. They took you. And when I, when I read verse 11, I can hear M.D. MD Beal in Detroit, Michigan, preaching on this, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Austin mentioned something recently in a message a Sunday or two back. It's very convenient, this thing of separating out the God of the Old Testament from the God of the New Testament. And so uh, that God of the Old Testament, well, we're not really quite sure about him, but, you know, in the New Testament, we have sweet Jesus. This is very convenient, but it is completely disingenuous, and it is completely, it's not just wrong, it's wicked. Because in those four Gospels, who is Jesus praying to? The God of the Old Testament. And when he said, I'm doing my Father's will, whose will was he doing? The God of the Old Testament. So this is a scripture that marked me when I was just a boy preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I preached my first message June of 1973. I was 17 years old. I was a boy. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God. In other words, we're made known unto God, and I trust also made manifest in your consciences. In other words, Paul's saying, I hope that you, you know where you stand. Jesus asked in Luke 18, 8, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? And he said in Matthew 24, 13, he who stands firm to the end will be saved. These are not trite sayings. He didn't talk because he didn't have nothing else to talk about. Every word he spoke had purpose. So he's saying, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? And he's saying, he who stands firm to the end will be saved. You have to understand, you have to understand where I'm coming from, where I'm coming from is this. I am going to stand firm. I'm going to stand firm to the end. I'm going to stand firm to my end. I'm going to stand with the Word of God. I'm not going to budge one 
millimeter of a mosquito's eyebrow. I'm not going to back up. I'm not going to bend over. I'm not going to submit. That's where I'm coming from. So what do these Pentecostal and full gospel weirdos do? Well, they muddy the waters so other sheep of God cannot drink and they wheedle. That's a great old term from 100 years ago. They wheedle their way into the lives of others to wreck and ruin their lives by turning them away from the word of God and by turning them away from God's best in their lives. All right. So they muddy the water so others can't drink. Ezekiel 34, 18. Ezekiel 34, 18. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink what you have muddied with your feet? They muddy the waters. So others can't drink. Now in the early days, I dealt with them and dealt with them and dealt with them. But I saw over time it's simply impossible. So now I ignore them. And if they disturb other people, well, I offend them. That's what I do. I do it on purpose. It's a gift. <laughs> See, we are to guard the flock of God. And when anyone comes in here and tries to keep other people from believing God, we protect the flock of God because these, these are doubt peddlers. See, what they're trying to do is divert your attention from the Word of God to something else. And I just don't understand you know, that Christian News Network, Make Believe Christian News Network, you know, we're in, we're in May. It was last summer, they had the prophetesses on there saying that the last president was going to be reinstated August, I don't know what it was, 25 or what it was. Look, if we were actually going by the Bible, we'd take these people out and burn them. I stood right there. I stood right there. Holy Week Revival of 2020, and I prophesied that in the midst of the coronavirus fear and panic fest that Faith Christian Center would still be paid off in 2020. And you could watch the Holy Week Revival 2020. I said, if, if what I'm saying doesn't come to pass, you take me outside and burn me. Now, I doubt you would have done it. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I was confident. But when they said, well, he was going to be reinstated, how, how come they didn't at least ban them from their make-believe news network? Well, they're on there probably today, probably tonight, probably right now, prophesying something else. See, and this is where the annual Bible reading will do you so much good because when you get over especially to 2 Kings and you get over especially to 2 Chronicles, the true prophets of God were dealing with this all the time. The king would call for them and they would tell the king what the king didn't want to hear because the king had 20 make-believe prophets and prophetesses telling the king what he wanted to hear. And I remember one time one king complained to another king, I told you, he only gives me bad news. Yeah. <laughs> See, but that's the way it's perceived. Because the false prophets are going to say peace, peace. When there is no peace, they're going to say it's all going to be great. You know, we're good. And, and the, the man of God walks in and says, man, you better, you better repent. You better turn. You better look to God. 
Look, they cannot huckster without suckers. That's kind of brutal, isn't it? So I, I'm doing what I'm doing because I don't want you to get. I don't want you to be a sucker. Who is it said there's a sucker born every minute? One of those early uh, circus guys, I think it was. Yeah, they, they can't huckster you unless you are inclined to fall for it. See, and, and they're trying to divert you from faith in the Word of God. Look, of course we're in a mess. Of course this guy's a disaster. Of course. But that doesn't mean I need to believe a lie that the last guy's going to be reinstated. It's never happened in history. See, there... The hucksterism is to get you to believe something other than the Word of God. And, and here's what I want you to see. When you believe this other stuff, does it help you pay your rent? Does it help you make your mortgage payment? Does it help you make a living? Does it help you be a better husband? Does it help you be a better wife? Does it help you be a better father? Does it help you be a better mother? No. Where can you go for all of that information? The Word of God. Now, I don't want to go to Numbers 13 and 14, but it's worth studying probably once a month. You had the 12 spies, and the two said, we can do it, and the 10 said, we can't. These are doubt peddlers. So we're to guard the flock of God. And when somebody comes in here peddling their doubt, and that's what it is, because they're trying to divert your faith from the Word of God to something else. See, you can get a dope peddler right with God. We got people here tonight, and, uh, and they used to peddle dope. There's a guy sitting here right now that used to cook, cook meth in his bathtub. See, you can win them. You, you can see them change. You can see them converted. You can see them live for God. But you, it's just next to impossible to get a doubt peddler right with God. Some self-righteous doubt peddler is impossible to get right with God. And we sat, we sat with friends one night. And I mean, I thought I knew these people. I thought these were word of faith people. And I'm trying to discuss some of this stuff. But they just couldn't see it. They're self-deceived. And that's exactly what Pentecostal and full gospel weirdo, weirdoism is. It provides people with an emotional replacement for believing God's word, confessing God's word, and taking action on God's word. Now, listen carefully. It is an emotional replacement. People here tonight, I don't want you to show, you know, show me your hand or whatever, but there are people here tonight, you grew up Pentecostal. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, swinging from the chandeliers, uh, falling down every service. Uh, 
That doesn't help anybody pay their rent. That doesn't help anybody buy their first house. That doesn't help anybody be a better dad. That doesn't help anybody be a better mom. It is an emotional replacement for victory. It is something to do emotionally to make you feel better about your life sucking. And and I'm not into that. If you have not figured it out, if you're new to this church, Dr. Gene is into winning. I'm into winning. And if I got to figure out what I got to do to win, I'm going to figure out what I got to, if I got to change, if I got to, if I got to change course. I mean, I've just been shocked in recent months how much easier it is to control my weight without ice cream. This is a horrible revelation. Are you hearing me? But sometimes you just got to deal with the real. I mean, I can, I can believe God, you know. <laughs> I, can, I can curse the calories. I can do a lot of stuff, but I'm telling you, it just doesn't work. Sometimes you just got to deal with stuff. You got to deal with it. So it's spiritual dope to make people to make God's people feel better while they're getting their backsides kicked all the way down life's road by the devil. It's emotionalism. It's feeding the people of God God candy when what they need is meat and potatoes. And what I've spent my time doing last Wednesday evening and this Wednesday evening is guarding the flock of God because I'm growing increasingly alarmed. I used the illustration last Wednesday, how can you fill the maybe center in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Oral Roberts University with this nonsense when genuine, bona fide, word of God preaching churches are seeing their numbers dwindle? Now, it's not true here. This past Sunday, Mother's Day 2022, we were 12 noses off. You know, a lot of churches count toes and fingers, but we count noses. A lot of church, you know, they start off counting ears, then they go to toes. But we were 12 noses off Mother's Day 2019 pre-COVID. Just 12 people, just 12 human beings. So I'm not, when I say dwindling, we're not dwindling. Now, so we have come all the way back And now we go on. Amen. 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 But you understand where I'm coming from. If if people if people are filling coliseums on a lie, and churches have not come back to their pre-COVID numbers, something is wrong with Christianity in America today. I can hear Kenneth Hagin and my spirit man right now saying, guard the flock of God. He used to teach that you can let the wrong guest speaker into a church to speak 20 minutes and it'll take a year to untangle the mess. And that's why we're so careful at Faith Christian Center. Kenneth Hagin's exhortation is from Paul's farewell to the Ephesian leaders. He was headed to Rome to be tried, imprisoned, and beheaded for the cause of Christ. Here it is, Acts 20, 22. His farewell to the Ephesian leaders, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. 
However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see my face again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. That's actually where the term full gospel comes from, the whole will of God, the whole gospel, the whole counsel of God, or everything the word teaches, not some of it, not the parts of it you like, all of it. Verse 28, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Keep watch. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know, verse 29, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You, you yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. And everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of work, this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, who said it is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had said this, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. Now, that is a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where's the showmanship? Where's the hucksterism? The New Living Testament translation of Acts 20, 28 says, so guard yourselves and God's flock. So guard yourselves and God's flock. Guard yourselves and God's people. And then we have 1 Peter 5.2. 1 Peter 5.2, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. So they, they muddy the water so others can't drink. And then... They wheedle their way into the lives of others to wreck and ruin their lives by turning them away from the word of God and by turning them away from God's best for their lives. 2 Timothy 3.6 tells us how they operate. Actually, it's uh, for 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.1-9. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Don't we see that? Here's me at Starbucks. Here's me, you know, ice skating. Here's me, you know. They're lovers of themselves. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. I just read today the president of Ukraine, his income last year was $100 million. Now, 
So we, and Republicans were in on this. So we, we're sending them $40 billion more. We're, we're actually sending $40 billion to protect a money laundering operation. How does the president of, the, of Ukraine make $100 million in 2021? Actually, if he made $100 million, you could wage a war with $100 million. What does he need our money for? Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And here it is. These are wicked times. There was somebody in social media yesterday or today saying she wanted to have sex with all the conservative Supreme Court justices so then she could abort the baby. I mean, these are, these are, these are wicked times. These are wicked times. When I started out as a boy preacher, 17, I couldn't have even believed it. When, when, when I would read these words, there'll be terrible times in the last days, I could not have even, I could not have even comprehended 2022. These are wicked times. See, and the thing is, we got here, it's like the, the, the frog in the pot, and the temperature's been gradually increasing. But imagine if somebody had, you know, Star Trek had zapped you from 1970, the 70s to 2022, you, 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 would, you would think it could never happen like that. It could never be like that. But here we are. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. That's the key to the whole deal. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Have nothing to do with them. Have nothing to do with them. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. We're going to deal with some of this. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these men oppose men. So also these men oppose the truth, men of depraved minds who, so far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. So Paul says they won't get very far. So how did they nearly take over the body of Christ in this generation? Well, because it became cool to take the Word of God out of Sunday sermons. God's people are biblically ignorant. And because God's people are biblically ignorant, they're spiritually blind. Because God's people are biblically ignorant, they are spiritually blind. They can't see. They can't see. See, and, and you know, Sue and Austin and I, we're, we're doing our best, man, to, to teach faith and preach faith and get you to lift up your eyes and believe God. But how many, what, I mean, what percentage of the body of Christ thinks abortion's okay? I mean, talk about being spiritually blind. You live in a country where it's illegal to kill a bald eagle. You live in a country where there's a, there's a huge fine and, and prison time if you disturb the egg of a bald eagle. And yet you've got 
I don't know, 30, 35, 40, 45% of the body of Christ that votes for this. It's astounding. Talk about being spiritually blind. Okay, so how, how did America get here? How did the body of Christ around the world get, get here? Because ministers hired consultants to say, well, what do people like? What do they not like? Well, golly. So if you go to the parks mall and you got a clipboard and you ask people, you know, when was the last time you were at church? What did you like? What did you not like? Well, lost people are going to say we don't like offerings. Right? And lost people are going to say, well, I don't want to hear about fornication and I don't want to hear about adultery and I don't want to hear about lying and I don't want to hear about stealing and I don't want to hear about any of that. And so they thought, okay, well, to get more of these people in here, and, uh, you know, there's a, the, one of the biggest full gospel churches in the Metroplex. You know, a couple of years back, they had problems with, you know, they found out that staff members were doing BJs in the office under the desks. See, the, this is a world I don't even know anything about. A big thing would hear one of the biggest scandals in this church over the history of this church. You want to know what it is? One of the biggest scandals, that, and it was a big deal, is somebody stole the dessert of a school teacher out of the refrigerator. And man, that lady was upset. She was pregnant and she was upset and she went on the war path. That's, uh, that's a faith Christian center level scandal. Who stole somebody's dessert out of the refrigerator? I, I, I can't even imagine living in a world where that stuff goes on like it does. And because God's people are biblically ignorant, they're spiritually blind, because God's people are spiritually blind, they can easily be taken advantage of. They are the, how do they operate? They are the kind, verse 6, to, who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women, silly women, the King James says, who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires and you know, weak, weak-willed men too. We had a woman here a few months back and uh, she came and greeted me and we moved on before I really had time to think. But when she, she walked on by, I told Austin, Sue was not there at that moment, but I told Austin, I said, if I see that woman back here Again, I said, I'm going to tell her, you're not coming back here and taking another man out of this church. She took two men out of this church so far. So it's not just silly women. I'm the guy, who, I, I'm not God, but I, I'm almost like, the, I mean, it's like I see stuff nobody sees. That woman, that woman, you know, that woman. She's, she, she wasn't as wide as she was tall, but let's say she was, she, was, she was working on it. So, you know, she gets rid of the one husband, and man, I mean, she slims down, and man, she's got this cool-looking little velour uh, jogging outfit, and she comes to prayer Friday and Saturday mornings. Only woman here. And women are welcome, as long as you're not hunting a man. And so, you know, she went from being, she wasn't as white as she was tall, but she was, you know, she was working on it. And boy, she gets down, you know, to fighting weight. 
And, and uh, she got the cute little velour, you know, and you know, she, you know, she, she, she here Friday, Saturday, and the, sure enough, sure enough, sure enough. Snagged a guy, a second guy, and then it wasn't too long, you know, let him out of here. And I'm the guy that I'm thinking, don't you, don't you see this? Don't you get this? What, what is wrong with you? But you know, they're like, like a lamb to the slaughter. Just somebody wanting to pay her freight. And I understand that, you know, got inflation. You need help. And then he says, Janus and Jambres. Verse 8, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these. Listen, if you're here tonight, don't be offended at me. Tell your neighbor, don't be offended at him. You know what my answer is to being single? You want to know what my answer is to be, being single? Yes. Believe God. Amen. See, believe God. Amen. Believe God. Amen. Believe God. Amen. Don't huckster people. And by the way, when she walked through here a few months, a couple, a couple of months back, she was working on being as white as she was tall again. So, you know, you got to understand, man, a lot of this temporary. Yeah, but did you see the way she looked? That's temporary. Yeah, but she, that, that chick's hot. That's temporary. You keep your mind right. Stay, stay with the word. Stay with the word. It's temporal. It's temporary. It's passing away. But the word of God stands forever. Amen. The answer to everything is believe God. Amen. And some of these kids astound me. There's a gal in the church. She's happily married. She got, it, I think, two children. And I remember, you know, she just, she just told me one day in the cafe. She, she, she just told me, man, I'm, 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 I'm believing God. He'll walk in the door. And she described him and and, uh, you know, he'd be tall and he'd make a lot of money and this, that, and the other. And I thought, go for it, girl. Go, 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 go. I'm always for people believing God. And I'm telling you what, man, he walked in here and, uh, and, and she didn't like, because, you know, a lot of women, they think, you know, the way to do this is like operate like a, a, a laser directed guided missile. Uh, that's not the way you do it, you know. But I, I can't deal with all that. You got to talk to Sue about all that. Uh, but anyway, she believed God. She believed God, and she got him. And, and, you know, he's all in. He's all in. He's all in. He make that big money, you know, they tie. Those kids are at St. Paul's. He's all in. She believed God. She believed God. She didn't go to the goodwill bin and pick up what some 15 other women didn't want. I said she didn't go to the goodwill bin and pick up what 15 other women didn't want. So the answer to everything is believe God. I don't care what we're talking about. All right, Janice and Jambres. Who in the world are Janice and Jambres? Because those names are not in the Old Testament. 
So who were they who opposed Moses and how did they oppose Moses? Well, these names appear in the literature from the Qumran community, in the De which is known as the Dead Sea Scrolls, and other Jewish sources, and even in amongst the Latin language writers Pliny and Apuleius, these were the names, apparently, of the sorcerers who worked for Pharaoh in the book of Exodus. When Moses began to work miracles and called down plagues on Egypt, Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they, the magicians of Egypt, also did the same by their secret arts. That's Exodus 7.11, then also 7.22, and also 8.7. These magicians or sorcerers could mimic the plagues of blood and frogs, but for some reason they were defeated by the gnats. Chapter 8, verse 18. And once they were defeated by the gnats, they could do no more. Now, we don't know why they couldn't manage gnats, but their failure signaled their defeat, and their defeat on gnats signaled the coming final failure of Pharaoh in his attempt to keep the Hebrews in slavery. They opposed Moses because... Now, listen carefully to what I'm saying. Because, I'm not making this up because... Paul mentioning Janus and Jambres gives us the right to look up Janus and Jambres, find out who they were and what they did and how they operated. Because I didn't use the example, Paul did. They opposed Moses because they were on the side of the enslavers, the oppressors. See, when you walk in here, and I could have them stand up. There's a bunch of millionaires here tonight. And when I met them, they had nothing. But I have stood fearlessly all these years, and I've had the Word of God coming out of my mouth, and I am a chain breaker. I am an enslavement looser. I am a poverty breaker. And when somebody wants to get you distracted from the Word of God and get your eyes off onto something else, they want to keep you where you are. They want to keep you enslaved. They wanted to use their power to keep the Hebrews under the cruel burden of slavery. There is a parallel with the false teachers in Ephesus. Paul makes the parallel. Paul said that these people creep, they wheedle, they worm their way into households and capture weak or silly women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Man, they go to Bible studies, they go to women's prayer meetings, man, they go to, they, they do all of it. Yeah, but my friend, my friend's in a Bible study. That doesn't mean squat. Are they a doer of the Word of God? And listen, you need, to be, you need to do what Jesus said, man. You need to, you need to look for some fruit. Amen. What kind of fruit have they got? Does their husband love them? If their husband can't stand them, why should you hang out with them? If their husband left skid marks getting away from them, look for fruit. Do they make a living? Do they live in a house or are they paying rent? Well, pastor, that's just kind of tough. I'm talking about fruit, baby. I'm talking about fruit. I'm talking about fruit. 
Your income sitting here tonight, I dare you to check it out. Your income sitting here tonight is the average of your five best friends. Your income sitting here tonight is the average of your five best friends. I got, all kind, I got 530 trees in my place, and I got all kinds of birds. And I'll tell you what, the doves don't hang out with the blue jays, and the crows don't hang out with the hawks, and the, the falcon doesn't hang out with anybody. <laughs> birds of a feather. That's not Bible, but that's some worldly wisdom. I'm going to finish Janice, Janice and Jambres and quit. So we can get into this again. <laughs> I'm kidding. We got to wrap this up. So these false teachers seem to be men, and they are a despicable group. So it's not an anti women comment because these false teachers, Paul's portraying them as men. And the point is that. The message of these false teachers enslaves. It takes people with troubled consciences, burdened with sins, and it never sets them free. The gospel redeems people. The gospel sets people free. The gospel rescues us from slavery to sin. And, and what is the hyper-grace heresy? You don't have to do anything. How, how does that set you? If you walk into a hyper-grace church and you're an alcoholic, how does that how does that help you? If you walk into a hyper-grace church and you're bound by drugs, how does that help you? A couple of years back, he may be here tonight, maybe not. A man told me in Austin, he said, I want you to lay hands on me. He said, I've been bound by marijuana for 30 years. And my first thought was gulp. Because that's a 30-year habit's a tough habit to break. But I didn't say a word. I've learned to keep my mouth shut and believe God and be a doer of the Word of God. So Austin and I laid hands on him right back there and uh, we prayed. And then he comes back and reports to us he never had a craving for marijuana. Again, he, he, he he's, hasn't touched it since. That's power with God. And it sets people free. See, the gospel sets people free. But if you, if you tell people, I mean, really, I dated a girl in high school and her mother was a Unitarian minister and I wanted her to go to the full gospel church I was going to and her mother insisted, okay, well, you can go over there and visit there, but he's got to go to our a uh, Unitarian deal, which was like two clicks above a seance. <laughs> and, and you know what they were teaching on, on the, at that meeting? I'm okay, you're okay. And that's exactly what's being taught in these evangelical churches. I'm okay, you're okay. You don't need to do anything. The point is that the message of these false teachers and slaves, it takes people 
they're troubled and it doesn't set them free. The gospel redeems, it sets free, it rescues us from slavery to sin. But false teaching enslaves. It leads to burdened people. It reaches out to burdened people who can learn and learn and learn and learn but never know the truth that sets them free. They're always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. It's a heartbreak. I've got people I love. I've got people that I love, and I can't talk to them. I've got people I love, and their number's blocked on my phone. I've got people that, that I love, but if, if one of them showed up Sunday, I, I wouldn't even know what to say to them because they can't see. They, 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 they can't see. They're self-deceived. They can't see. They can't see. They, they just can't see. And they resort to all this hucksterism. There was a man and his wife, nice people, good people. They, they, they're born again. I'm sure they love Jesus. I'm sure they've been in this church. But... Uh, Invited Austin to be a part of a, a minister's group that talks once a month. Yes, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, you know, then he gets an email. Sign up here. It's $100 a month. Listen, $100 a month couldn't get me halfway through lunch. So what kind of budget are they running that they're trying to get $100 a month from ministers? I can't even imagine. I could come in here Sunday, lay down on that stage and take a nap, wake up and do an offering and take in a hundred grand. So why would I try and huckster God's ministers out of a hundred bucks? What am I going to do with a hundred bucks? If you don't believe God, you have to resort to other things. That's what I'm trying to hit last Wednesday and tonight. If you don't believe God, you've got to resort to other things. And what do you resort to? Showmanship, hucksterism, chasing men at 5 a.m. prayer. I, I mean, they, just, people just resort to all kinds of stuff because they, they won't believe God. It's not that hard. Tell your neighbor, believe God, confess the word of God, take action on the word of God. It is just not that hard. It's not that hard. And that's why it's so appropriate for Paul to compare the conflict in Ephesus of, of his day with that ancient conflict in Egypt with the pharaohs. And listen, hucksterism, showmanship, we saw it with our own eyes. We, and I, don't, I was not trained in psychology. Sue could tell you what the term is. My daughter, Christine, has got a master's in psychology. Every time that comes up, I say, how do you feel about that? And, uh, but anyway, I, I don't even know what the term is. But we watched with our own eyes a minister tell his wife, uh, stand up. I mean, he's in the middle of a sermon. 
one of the most famous full gospel ministers in America, stand up. She stands up dutifully and he says, jump up and down. And she jumps up and down. It's conditioning, grooming. What do they call it? Conditioning. I mean, if I walked over and told Sue to stand up, she'd probably stand up thinking, well, you know, he's going to pray for me or whatever. But if I said jump up and down, I'd get a look from the German side of her. Like, wait until I get you home. But it's, it's a way to groom a congregation that I can tell my lovely wife, stand up, jump up and down, and she'll obey me like a dog. And what's really being communicated, that you should too. See, 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. I want you to be free. There's not a person here tonight. There's not one person here tonight. There will not be one person here Sunday that I've ever called them up and told them how much money to give. There's not a person here tonight. There's, there won't be a person here Sunday and I've ever told them to do anything. Now, sometimes I ask for a favor. You know, I did today. I got a, a little computer issue with email. I asked for a favor, but I don't tell anybody to do anything. I never. You've been here since you were a girl. I've never told anybody what to give. I say what? Be a doer of the word of God and then ask the Holy Spirit what to do. I never tell anybody what to do. It's wrong. It's wrong. And one of the reasons, if you haven't figured it out, why we're so blessed here, we have no debt. It's because if you'll do things God's way, you'll get God's results. Tell your neighbor, it's just not that complicated. If you'll do things God's way, you'll get God's results. If you don't do things God's way, you have to resort to all this nonsense. And that's all it is. It's just nonsense. And my concern is think about the, the genuine born-again Christians in Europe in Hitler's day. The genuine born-again Christians in Europe in Hitler's day, they must have thought, this is it. They must have thought, this is it. But see, a lot of the pieces of the puzzle were not in place. Now, you understand Satan doesn't know God's mind. Satan doesn't know God's calendar. So Satan always has to have an Antichrist ready. And so Genghis Khan, Pol Pot, Mao, uh, Stalin... Hitler, Satan does not know God's calendar, so Satan is always, that's why the book of 1 John refers to antichrists, plural. He doesn't know God's calendar, so he's always got to have two or three waiting, ready, ready to go. But several pieces were not, of the puzzle weren't in place. They didn't have the technology to keep you from buying or selling. And so, sure enough, the Allied forces defeated Nazism and we came back from that. The world, the world, the world came back from that. But I don't see coming back from this because now the pieces of the puzzle are in place. I got a 
a physical letter in the mail two or three years back from our bank, and I thought it was a phishing, P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. I thought it was a, a phishing expedition. And so I just ignored it. I didn't respond to it. They wanted me to verify, you know, my identity, whatever. I just ignored it. And then one day, one day, one day, man, I mean, I am turned off. I can't look. I can't, I can't access. I can't do bill pay. I can't do anything. I call them up. They say, well, you ignored our letter. I said, well, I thought it was phishing. So then I had to go through all the re re remedial steps to get it back up and running. So I know from personal experience, they can click a key and you're done. And you can look at a statement, you got all those zeros, and man, you're so proud of yourself. Man, I saved money. A click of a key. So, and now they're talking about submitting to this World Health Organization treaty so that, because see, we could get mad at a local judge, vote him out. We could get mad at a governor, vote him out. We could get mad at a president, maybe. You know, if you have 2,000 mules, maybe you could vote that president out. But my point is, if they submit to the World Health Organization and they, they lock you down, well, who are you going to vote out? See how convenient it all is? Who, who can you get rid of? So the pieces are in place. Okay, I said all that to say this. God's people should be getting more sober God's people should be in church more. The Bible says in Hebrews, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, especially as you see the day approaching. Anybody with any spiritual discernment whatsoever can see the day approaching. And yet, a lot of these churches are still down half or, or two-thirds from pre-COVID days and a lot of churches have closed. So exactly and precisely when the body of Christ ought to be sobering up, they're more asleep than ever and they're more game for hucksterism and showmanship than ever before. Amen. And yes, I am alarmed. But can't do anything about it. All I can do is minister to you fine folks on a micro scale right here at Faith Christian Center and do the best I can to stand tall, hold the line, protect the children, get the people of God focused on the Word of God, get the people of God looking to God as their source and encourage you to believe the Word, confess the Word, take action on the Word, and I know this, if we will do these things, we will stand strong and we will stand tall and we will go out victorious and we will not be left here holding the bag wondering where Pastor Gene is and how come this new guy that didn't have any brains now is so eloquent and such a great speaker and seems to have a whole lot of brains. You have to understand, it doesn't matter who it is, once they are possessed personally by Lucifer himself. They are going to have one heck of an IQ and they are going to be the most eloquent speaker the world has ever seen.
And I don't know about you, but I don't want to watch CNN and hear a speech from the Antichrist. I want to be somewhere else, and somewhere else is where God is.